Workforce Health Engagement, Episode 1, Five Components of Workforce Health Engagement. Welcome to Workforce Health Engagement, a show exploring strategies to improve your employees' health and productivity and to protect your bottom line. Join us as industry experts discuss how to engage employees in population health management, wellness, and healthcare consumerism. This is a special series by the producers of the top-rated podcast, Engaging Leader. And now, with 20 years of experience as a communication consultant to Fortune 500 companies, helping engage hundreds of thousands of employees, here's your host, Jesse Leahy. Welcome to the show, Engagers. According to recent studies, the typical wellness or other workforce health program produces only minimal improvement in long-term employee health and health care costs. Some employers, however, have achieved significant improvement in health metrics and costs, as well as improved employee engagement, productivity, recruitment, safety, and trust in management. One of the key factors to success is whether it's simply HR's program of the day or an authentic component of your corporate culture. Joining me today to talk about workforce health engagement is my longtime coworker, colleague, and friend, Terry Sherwood. Terry, welcome to Workforce Health Engagement. Thanks, Jesse. It's great to be here. Now, over the course of this series, some of the episodes in this podcast will be discussing specific strategies for improving workforce health and managing costs. For example, we'll be looking at wellness communication and education, steering employees to appropriate hospitals and providers, epidemiology and population health management, online tools for healthcare consumerism, healthy workplace eating options, gamification, workplace clinics, benefit plan design, disease management, all sorts of great strategies and ideas. But each of these strategies won't be as effective by themselves as they would be as part, as one component of an integrated approach to workforce health engagement. And today we're going to be talking about what those components are and how you go about doing that. But Terry, first of all, can you give us a, a working definition for workforce health engagement? Sure. Um, you and I tend to think of workforce health engagement um, in a broad yet focused way Um specifically improving the knowledge, decision-making, and behaviors of employees, their families, and organizational leaders to optimize health outcomes, control medical costs, and enhance workplace productivity. So let's break that down a bit. It, it, it primarily involves these three things, knowledge, decision-making, and behaviors, that we want to equip people with knowledge. We want to help them make better decisions through knowledge and through motivation to do that. And we want to influence their behaviors for both their sake, for their own good, in in terms of improving their health and optimizing their health outcomes, but also for the employer to both help them manage the costs of medical coverage as well as to improve productivity. So it's it's a hugely important business issue. Yeah, it's not just about getting people to exercise more and eat well. There's there's real business issues at stake. Um, and you know, as the definition reflects, we're talking about employees and their families. Uh, employers are are dealing with healthcare costs and the um, you know and and the downstream impacts of health issues, not only for their employees but their families as well. Terry, when we talk about the scope of workforce health engagement. 
you and I are thinking of five different components. Uh, population health management and epidemiology, health consumerism, benefit plan design, resources and coaching, and then branding, education, and communications. Let's just briefly define each of those, and then we'll talk about putting them into into work. How do you define population health management? Well, this is really the science behind workforce health management. It's looking at data, not just from one source, but many sources, all of your healthcare vendors, for example, um, and, and looking at and analyzing that data in an integrated way uh, to try to identify patterns and causes and effects of health conditions uh, for your specific uh, employee and family populations. And really understanding that data uh, helps you focus your effort. That area seems like when you and I both started as workforce communication consultants more than two decades ago, population health management wasn't talked about. I'm not even sure it was practiced a lot. There was a lot of actuaries that were helping analyze data. But the big difference, as far as I could tell, was maybe a decade or so ago when you suddenly had much better access to this integrated data. It was just something that wasn't that accessible before to employers. Yeah, I think you're right, Jesse. That has changed everything. And I I have to admit, I think 10 years ago, I probably didn't even know what an epidemiologist was. Um, But the data that we're getting these days has has really helped our clients focus their efforts and, um, and, and spend their dollars where they're likely to get the best return in terms of wellness planning and and in benefit design. Yeah, I always just think it, it's about helping them get the best bang for the buck, both in identifying which which uh, segments of their workforce to target as w- and, and also which interventions can make the most difference, uh, making an educated guess on the front end based on the data and then evaluating on, on the back end to see, okay, did that work? If not, how what should we do differently? Yeah, absolutely. Well, the second of the five components uh, in our definition of workforce health engagement is health consumerism. Those are the tools and education and motivation to help employees and their family members make better decisions regarding providers, treatment types, medications, follow-up care, and so forth. So we want to equip them and motivate them to make decisions that optimize their health outcomes, and cost effectiveness. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, this is a little bit of a catch-22, this one, as we'll be talking, I think, in a few minutes. Um, Employers don't control the materials and information and education uh, that their people are getting. That's coming from many different sources outside and inside the company. And helping people sort through all of that information they're getting is, I think, one of the really key components for a, for a, a really solid employer wellness program. That's a good point. You don't want people to be overwhelmed by all the information that's out there, but to help them make sense of and put into use what's going to be most helpful to them. That's right. So that's health consumerism. Tell us about benefit plan design. We'll talk a lot today, I think, about uh, integrated approach and the most effective uh, workforce health engagement efforts that we've seen 
um, don't think of their wellness uh, initiative and their benefits plans as two separate things. They're integrated components, and one should support the other. So, for example, um, if you are uh, targeting uh, smoking as one of your key or tobacco use as one of your key health issues in your company, your your health plan provisions should um, reflect that. There, there should be, um, you know, employee assistance or other kinds of active health assistance um, for people who want to quit tobacco, perhaps coverage of uh, smoking cessation, medications, et cetera. So there should be a tight integration between what you're trying to accomplish um, with your, work, your overall workforce health engagement and how your benefit plans are designed. I think it's funny, Terry, you and I are communication consultants, and yet there's We've both seen times where if an employer is trying to influence employees' actions, sometimes nothing trumps communication like a solid benefit plan design decision. And if the plan design isn't correct, a lot of times there's nothing that you could do communication-wise that would fix it. For example, we have situations where an employer really wants more employees to sign up for a consumer-driven healthcare plan, like a like an HSA plan, and yet maybe the difference in the employee contribution to the premium between the two plans, between the the new consumer-driven plan and the old more indemnity type plan, an 80-20 plan, for example, is so small, like a, a five percent difference in premium. And it's just so hard to get employees to change, to choose this new and uh, type of plan that sounds kind of scary maybe because it is new. I'd rather just stick with the same old type approach. Um, why should I do that for $5 a month or, or, or even $20 a month difference? And so sometimes benefit plan design is the most powerful lever that an employer can use. Yeah, I I agree. I think you're absolutely right about that. And I I think the good news is we've seen employers, even over the last decade, in their, um, particularly their medical plan design, really uh, work hard at designing and pricing their plans in a way that drives the behavior they want. And um, really, it's the same it's the same approach for broader workforce health management, thinking about the behaviors that you want to incent and drive and designing your integrated programs to do that. Yes, I think you're right. It's it, it really gets back to integrated having an integrated approach because you, the opposite can happen too. If the employer is just makes a plan design change because they want to, let's say, save some money in a certain area, but that isn't thinking in an integrative way about what's what are the long-term downstream effects from that change. We could be uh, hurting employee trust. And so if we make do this thing right now that's going to save a nickel, uh, down the road, if we want to do a different kind of health intervention, but now we don't have employee trust, they're not going to go along with that intervention. So you can shoot yourself in the foot if you, don't, if you aren't uh, thoughtful about that. Yep, I think that's correct. And then number four is resources and coaching. This is all the people and technology and programs and activities that are designed to promote healthy lifestyles, for one thing, or prevent the onset or acceleration of disease, or improve recovery from an illness or injury. So all three of those, from a wellness perspective to a prevention and disease management perspective and to a care coordination and follow-up care and recovery perspective. So examples of resources and coaching, uh, can you give us some of those, Terry? 
Um, yeah, I, a lot of uh, a lot of companies now have um, fitness facilities uh, on site. There might be a fitness center, or there may be a discount at local fitness centers that uh, you know can be encouraged for use among employees and family members. One that's near and dear to our hearts is a client who actually has on-site health centers and what we call health coaches, nurse practitioners and nurses, and in some cases doctors, who are literally on-site at the workplace to provide support and resources um, and not only provide medical treatment, but to uh, coach and support the employees in their efforts to, to live a healthier lifestyle. So this would resources and coaching is where you and I would categorize, group together all the different things that people would call wellness and disease management. So on-site fitness, on-site clinics, uh, telemedicine, workplace food options, all those sorts of things that together we think of them as being resources and coaching. Right. And I think and as well, what's probably most common are the annual screenings and blood draws uh, to help people understand their numbers and just how healthy or, or where their health risks might be. And then the fifth component of workforce health engagement is, uh, I'm sure you and I would agree, Terry, the absolute most <laughs> important, <laughs> branding and education and communications. What's wrapped up in that? Well, you know, there's there's a lot of thought and effort that goes into the other components and making sure the data has been analyzed and the uh, and the programs have been designed and we're selecting the best resources for our people. But if they don't understand them, they don't know about them and they don't access them. We we haven't accomplished what we needed to accomplish. So, um, our our effort around this is really. Um, at making sure there's an integrated approach to engage people, to give them information in a way they can understand it and digest it, and, and most importantly, act on it. And it includes, you know, everything from meetings to print materials to websites and electronic materials, whatever, you know, whatever the best modes of communication are in a particular work environment can be leveraged. But it, it's it's all about branding the program, integrating it with everything else that's being communicated to the company, and using the best, most effective communications we can. So those are the five components of workforce health engagement, population health management and epidemiology, health consumerism, benefit plan design, resources and coaching, and branding, education, and communications. Now, the key to integrating all those components in a way that delivers the desired results, well, that's a separate conversation. We're going to have that in episode 10 of Workforce Health Engagement, and I'll invite Terry back on the show again to talk through what we call the six C's of Workforce Health Engagement. But for now, that wraps up this episode. Terry Sherwood, thanks for joining us on Workforce Health Engagement. Thanks, Jesse. Thanks for having me. All right, Engagers, we'll provide a summary of the information that we discussed in our show today on our show notes for this episode, which you can find at engagingleader.com forward slash WHE1, as in Workforce Health Engagement, Episode 1. And while you're on the show notes page, you can engage with us by providing your thoughts or questions in the comments section, or by clicking the red Send Voicemail button. You can also engage with us at facebook.com forward slash engagingleader, or on Twitter, where I am at Jesse Leahy. Workforce Health Engagement is a production of Asmodale Communications, a consulting firm that specializes in workforce communications. 
That's where Terry Sherwood and I and our other colleagues help midsize and large employers attract top talent, engage employees, and deliver superior business results in several areas, not only health engagement, but also talent management, benefits and compensation, business transformation, and more. Find us at AspendaleCommunications.com. If you enjoy this series, be sure to check out the leadership podcast, Engaging Leader, where my guests and I share ways to communicate, engage, and lead with greater impact. You can find both Workforce Health Engagement and Engaging Leader podcasts in iTunes, Stitcher, and on our website at engagingleader.com. Our thanks to Joe Sherwood, our producer, Tom Hitchcock, our programming director, Cecily Leahy, our web intern, Rick Tarrant, our announcer, and Max Brody, who composed our theme music. Until next time, remember, over the long term, a program of the day won't help you boost employee health, productivity, and your bottom line. For sustainable success, you need an integrated approach to workforce health engagement.